hello, welcome to episode 107 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, sorry for, uh, I guess, publishing publishing this episode a bit late because, again, scheduling conflicts. They just keep coming up, so we just try to record whenever we can. And finally, the stars have aligned. Me and Fong are actually free to record a podcast. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, as you, as you just heard him, my co-host is here. So... Uh, let's get it started. Um, first thing I want to uh, quickly just talk about um, who been elect. Right, this was a while ago. I just haven't had a chance to talk about it. But um, been elect is a is a YouTube channel that we use a lot for these draft analysis. And we, I saw that he got some online harassment um, during the draft because some some people just didn't agree with his analysis. So he kind of got trashed, and he decided to take a little bit of a break from social media. And um, yeah. Um, whoever your haters are who've been elect fuck them just just ignore it i did i did see he's back now so i'm glad that he's doing well i just like the way i see who've been elect he has an opinion and he uses a lot of supporting evidence like footage and analysis to support kind of his claims about you know this player or that player and i feel like he he comes from a very good place and most of the time his analysis is pretty dead on for the most part and yeah, if you don't agree with him, like, it's okay. You don't have to trash him. You can just say, you know what? Like, he, I can see where he's coming from, and, but I don't agree with him. That's all you got to say. You don't got to be trash and just, like, absolutely, like, go after him and actually make him turn off social media for a bit. So I just want to quickly shout out who been elect. You, you do great work. We use you a lot for our analysis. Help. Sometimes we just copy and paste it. So, yeah, um, thank you for all you do, and I just want to quickly shout him out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way, uh, first person we're going to go over this episode, if you guys have read the title, we're going to go over Davion Mitchell and Nemus Keita. I'm just going to mainly call him Keita because I've heard him called, being called Nimi Keita. Maybe we'll call him that from now on, but for the purposes of not butchering his name, I'm just going to call him Keita because that seems pretty consistent from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. But we're going to first start with Davion Mitchell. Uh, Davion Mitchell, uh, first thing I wanted to quickly talk about is age. He will be 23 by the time the season starts. He is a bit of a – he is a, basically a senior. He redshirted one year, played three years in college, one year for uh, – two years for Baylor. And I, it's, my mind is blanking on the other college. Uh, no, he went to Auburn for his first year and then transferred over to um, – Transferred over to Baylor because apparently one of the reasons why was because he went to practice so early and nobody was there to actually open the doors for him. I think at six or something. So he decided to go to Baylor instead because they have people that open the gym at six. So that was one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Well, yeah. he's a workhorse and we could see him or we could see that in him. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, his nickname is Off Night because people who play against him usually have an off night. Ask James Booknight. Um, <laughs> he was a Naismith Defensive Player of the Year last year. There are so many of these awards that I don't can't keep track of them. I think Nima, I think Kata was um, Defensive Player of the Year in, uh, in, in his division. Uh, Naismith, I assume, is like the nationwide one. I, I don't know. Um, but he was a defensive player of the year last year in college. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I I believe Naismith is national, if I remember correctly. But you know, winning any award in what he does is a is a plus for me. 
It is definitely a plus. Uh, he also led uh, Baylor to the national champion. Um, you know, if you're wondering why Gonzaga didn't win the championship, despite having a pretty stacked team with uh, Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert on the team, it's because of uh, it's because of uh, Davion Mitchell and uh, Baylor. So, yeah, there's that. And last thing I want to quickly talk about, a lot of people did do workouts. A lot of the players, that's why there were rumors all over the place for the most part that we were going to draft one of Franz Wagner or like Alfred Sengun was another name I heard a lot because he did, I he did I think, two workouts for the Kings. Maybe mm-hmm. just one, but he definitely w- did do a workout for the Kings. And I think Franz Wagner came in multiple times. No, that's interesting. Yeah, but unfortunately, he didn't get drafted because Orlando took him. Uh, sorry for interrupting. What's up? Yeah, no, for me, I thought uh, we had a pretty high chance of Moses Moody being probably in our top three. But, you know, the exchange and we drafted Davion. Yeah, so he did not do a workout, but he did do an interview. And I guess the interview was enough to for the Kings to determine that he was on top of their board at number nine. So, that's kind of the background on Davion Mitchell. Um, let's start getting into some analysis. Take us take us away, Paul. So first and foremost, the one thing, of course, he's really good at is on-ball defending. And he is one of a <laughs> – how would I say? He is a dog <laughs> on on-ball defending. He has, like, that great lateral quickness and anticipation when it comes to steals as well. And, uh, you know, he does take contact well. So he, I would say, yeah, he was he's a dog if you've seen his summer week games as well. Yeah, like I think Jason Jones has said in, in his last 10, 10 years of covering the Kings, nobody on the Kings has ever played defense like this where he's just all up on in this guy's business. Like we saw the summer league footages, like California classic, like he would, the the guys just wouldn't even drive past him or wouldn't even try to really dribble against them. They would just pass up the ball. And then of course, summer league, you know, the videos have all over the place. He basically locked up James book night and the two. And now there were only two buckets that I saw um, in the, in the second half that book Knight had on Mitchell and they were tough, tough buckets. Like even if he's even, even if he, you know, doesn't stop you from scoring, he makes it hard on, because it took everything James book Knight had to score those two buckets. And yeah, it's, we, ne- we haven't had this on the Kings. Like that's what we wish De'Aaron was like when we first drafted him, but it's more or less hasn't turned out that way because he has such a like huge load on offense. But like, yeah, he Davion Mitchell is a dog, as you said, on defense. He ain't gonna let you. He's not gonna let you like. He's not gonna let you get by him easy. He's gonna make it hard on you, and he takes it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other news about his defense as well. I mean, he's improving as a health defender. And to be honest, I'm I'm not gonna go over too much in terms of uh numbers because you know college numbers are it's gonna differ from NBA numbers. Uh, in my opinion, and, you know, uh, besides his stats, you know, he's improving his as a help defender, and he's willing to take charges, and, uh, you know, he has a very high effort and IQ when it comes to defending, and, you know, that's what we kind of need <laughs> as a, you know, I guess this kind of caliber of player, because, you know, it's it's been a while since I've seen a player that I 
been interested in in a while. Let's just say since Tyrese, which has only been a year. Yeah, so it's been a while. Um, <laughs> it feels anyways, like eternity. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So you know he, you know, on ball defender, as we said, amazing. Like pick and roll defender, like unmatched as well. Fights through screens really well. Forces an incredible thirty. 4% turnover rate in pick and roll and 44% in ISO. Now you did mention these, they'll, they, it is against a lower level competition and like on the, in the NBA, those are definitely not going to be like that high, but like the, the thing you look for in college in particular is a guy's ability to be able to make plays the, when they can actually make plays. That probably means it can translate to the next level. And it probably means that they can make things happen at the next level. Granted at a lower, at a lower percentage, but 34% turnover in pick and roll. That's crazy. 44% in ISO. Like, yeah, just a absolute dog on ball defender. Even if like you can kind of slip past them, he's right there to poke it, to poke the ball away. He has very active hands. Like as we saw again, I, you know, I'm going to keep referencing, referencing this. James Booknight just could not get free of him. Like D Davion was all up in his business and his hands and, you know, his chest was right there with him. His, you know, lateral quickness, he could not get by him and his hands were right there to strip him twice and just make it absolute hell for James Booknight. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, a good help side defender. We'll get into some of his shortcomings, but he, you know, he, he's a good defender. He's a good on-ball defender and also a pretty decent help side defender in terms of reading plays, you know, being in the right position to make a play. And like, you know, he had a few inter few really nice interceptions in summer league as well. Like he's definitely a high level, like defensive player, or, like both on-ball and off-ball. Mm -hmm. So his next great trait he has is, you know, his speed and explosiveness. Now being kind of short, for my liking and you know being he's what what's that six one or six two so he's six two in shoes i believe is the measurement i think six one without yeah well, like we said we thought we were gonna get uh, draft the wing but for his size yeah he has some speed and explosiveness he's pretty shifty when it comes to a quick as a ball handler and you know changes pace uh, especially in between legs you know, to create that advantage. And Hoop Inlet described it. He has kind of a skill that's kind of like Dame-like. Um, I guess we'll have to see more of him uh, when it comes to the NBA court. But whatever we saw in the college highlights, yeah, he does have that quick step and can change uh, directions uh, when it comes to um, when he handles the ball pretty much. Yeah, so he he's very a very explosive player. Vicini even like listed it very specifically. A crazy first step, like crazy quick, gets the rim almost at will, and in the college level, and probably will translate to the next level as well. Like he loves going left, which is kind of weird because he's a right-handed player. But like you know, not to make a comparison, I like going left even though I'm right-handed. It's just one of those things. Like he loves to go to like the you know the left hand for like hesitations and the crossovers, and then of course the great change of pace, incredible at just stopping on a dime and then pulling up for a jumper. Although you know we'll get into the weaknesses. It needs a little bit of work, but like he he's a very good 
like explosive score. Like he's actually very hard to keep in like uh, keep in front of at the uh, at the college level. And uh, speaking of Vicini, um, about his charge taking, Vicini actually d- dedicated an entire uh, sentence to just describe how annoying his charge taking is. He's a very good on ball flopper as well. Although mm. I, I'll I'll get into it a little bit later, but. Yeah, basically a great athlete, great, you know, great strength and speed, very shifty, you know, change of pace. And yeah, also like, again, as I mentioned, just stop on a dime type of crossovers. And yeah, you mentioned the Dame through the legs crossover. Like, I think that can translate to the next level. Whether he can finish is the is kind of the question, although his percentages there are really good, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he mentioned finishing, and I might as well just go off to the next point. Uh, he finished uh, his last season with 60.5% at the basket, or within the paint, you could say. Uh, he's a very crafty finisher, excelled uh, with off-the-foot uh, finishes, and can reverse and extend weigh-ins. Uh, he does have a pretty intriguing floater game, although uh, they did mention that he only attempted 16 floaters throughout last season. And, you know, well, should, I mean, if he keeps on improving, I'm pretty sure he'll uh, get a uh, floater game sooner or later, but it's not really necessary for him, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, also good right in the pick and rolls. We'll get into the weaknesses later. I think it's going to be necessary for him to develop a floater game. Uh, I'll get into it. But uh, only 31% on floaters. So it's, it's not it's not a lot of attempts, but it's it's developing. But it's going to be something he's going to need to do. Like, I think the I think the floater just opens up so much for you. Like, a la Trey Young. Like, how incredible he was in the playoffs with that floater. Um Overall, I call him a tricky finisher in terms of just, like, using his body and, like, weird finishing angles. Like, again, uh, I don't know if you mentioned 60.5% at the rim. That's a really good mm-hmm. percentage. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of the floater game, yeah, I, he he's going to need to probably develop it. But it is a thing. He has touch and probably, you know, will get it at some point, if not this year. Honestly, he works hard enough to the point where, like, I, I, if you say, like, oh, he's going to have a floater game by the start of the season, I would believe you. Hmm. Oh, moving on, let's talk about his shot creation. And uh, before we start, I'm going to apologize because I said I was going to not mention any numbers, but I'm I'm just going to mention numbers now. <laughs> so uh, he's best when attacking with a head steam downhill. I have no idea what that means. Uh, I'm gonna basically, say like basically when you get to full speed. Mm, I see. Well, if he does get off full speed, he does shoot 43.6 off the dribble, uh, with 1.14. I'm pretty sure points per uh, possession, mm. uh, 44.7% from free on 4.7 attempts and 43.5 on catch-and-shoot shots, and he does have a great recognition on uh, relocating when needed. Yeah, see what I mean by sometimes there's a copy-and-paste, whatever Hoopin' Alex yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, 44% from three on 4.7 attempts. That's really, really good. And the catch-and-shoot numbers, like, they indicate, like, you know, you know, he's a guy that has good rhythm and, like, can actually shoot. Uh, we'll get into kind of like you know the details of this because there is some noise within this 
within uh, the stat. But overall, like looking from summer league and of course his last year uh, from the uh, his last year in college, like he he can shoot and like hopefully that translates to the next level. Is all I'll say. Hmm. I guess uh, let's move on to his last uh, pro uh, point, and that's his playmaking. And he does have some good strides when it came to playmaking with 5.5 assists per game. Uh, I believe we've mentioned that he's more of like a secondary creator and it'd be best if we did not mention that just yet. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll have Owen uh, talk about that in a bit, but uh, you know, I mean, he does make some basic reads in the pick and roll uh, he does have moments of having great like one-handed passes, whip passes, and corner skips to the open man. And, you know, he fits well with lob threats and potentials as, oh, uh, of course I'm going to say he's a, he's a more of a potential as a secondary playmaker. Yeah, but, um, we'll get into that. We won't talk about that too much, but like, oh, right now anyway. But he's a good playmaker. He can hit all the passes that you need a guard to be able to hit. And, and you know, he's improving and more room to improve. Improve, my, I'm sorry. So 5.5 assists in college, which is pretty good. And, yeah, uh, overall, like, his playmaking isn't something I'm worried about at all. It's going to be, it's going to get better. And, you know, if he if he can just kind of ease him in, you, he's not a primary creator just yet, and we'll get into why. Is he ra- you rather have him play a secondary creator role as of now? But I think he, I think he can grow into a point where he can be the primary initiator and playmaker on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll kind of get into some like extra stuff that I, that I just kind of got from interviews and. Uh, interviews and just articles that I've read on Davion. So Doug Christie was, I believe on the Deuce and Mo podcast. He said he loved the pick. He says, um, Davion's defense, um, is he's an offensive defensive player. Now, what does that mean? It means he's a guy that doesn't allow, he doesn't allow the offensive player to dictate what he wants to do. Instead, him as the defender is going to dictate what the offensive player is going to want is is going to be able to do. He kind of compares him to kind of Drew Holiday in terms of just like a guy that kind of gets up into you and just, again, forces you to do things he wants you to do. He doesn't let the offensive player dictate where he wants to go. He does. And Vecini calls like he calls him the probably the best uh, on ball defender in this class and projects him to be a top five defender at some point in, in his career. Like top top five in the league, so yeah, that's a, something really that's something really good to look forward to. Um, and if and if you're wondering like, oh, is he going to be able to play next year behind Fox and Halliburton? He's going to find a way. Um, he sees Davion like as a guy that's going to like work hard and, and make the right plays when he gets his minutes, and he's going to earn his minutes. He's not. He's not a guy that Luke is just going to give minutes to. He's he's going to prove that he deserves to be out there with, you know, the starters and, you know, like some probably close games even. Even though, like, yeah, it's a very small, like, three-guard lineup if you're going to have Fox and Halliburton out there. But he he just might be able to make it work. Um, and he, uh, he also mentioned that apparently he weighs the same as Doug Christie. 
Now, if you didn't know, Doug Christie was an incredible defender in his day. Was one of the better, like, Kobe defenders that I'd seen back in the day. Like, the the way he was able to guard um, Kobe in Game 6 and Game 7, like, he was all up in on him. So, yeah. Uh, Vecini says his best role currently, of course, is to be a primary, or is, is to be playing next to a primary score. Although... We, we do have a primary score in Fox, but Vicini did specify, like, he'd probably be best playing next to a two or a, a two like Zach Levine. But we'll kind of get into why he said that a little bit later. He doesn't say it, but I'm just going to make a prediction of why Vicini said that. Uh, Vicini also calls him a very quick and powerful, powerful, quick twitch athlete. I, I bring this up because he had specifically said that Moses Moody specifically isn't one and is one of the reasons why he limited uh, Moses Moody's um, ceiling, even though he had, he, had, he had him ranked higher than Davion. But like the, the, the term quick twitch athlete is like a guy that's just like so quick with such quick reaction time that like it's going to be hard to be able to do anything against them. You, like you're really going to have to work or your buckets against him on defense and like on offense he can like react to what the defender does and like dictate dictate his moves that way um Vicini um with comparisons we'll get into more later but like he he basically compares him to a very to more creative Patrick Beverly with the ability to actually take over now he describes Patrick Beverly as a competent point guard on offense but like an absolute dog defender on defense he, he basically said that Davion is that, except that he can actually take over on offense for minutes at a time. Of course, he as, as I mentioned, he's not a primary playmaker like score just yet. He's working towards it, but he can take over and, you know, rain down a barrage of points like just like that for minutes at a time. Uh, Jason Jones has mentioned that he heard his work ethic is better than that of Buddy Heald. And if you guys didn't know, Buddy Heald usually is talked about as the hardest worker on the team. And, yeah, you can see from some of his videos, he does a lot of workouts and, you know, he's crazy fit. Like, you know, he's pretty much always ripped and, like, always in good condition. Like, you can always see, like, Buddy, like, usually has, like, some of the highest, like, distance traveled on the court. He's always running around all over the place. Um, so, yeah. And apparently Davion is an even better worker than that. And one of the reasons why that Jason Jones says that is that the, the night before, he actually studied film on James Booknight for a summer league game. Like, that's how much the, that's how much work this dude does. Like, to the point where he does film work for a summer league game. Like, now there are a lot of guys like that, you know, just want to go out there and work. Like, I'm not trying to throw shade at Buddy. I'm, I know he works hard. He probably works so hard on his body. I don't know if Buddy does a lot of film work. That's a whole other level of work ethic, in my opinion. Um, people have apparently also told, JV, uh, told Jason Jones, getting my words mixed up, that Davion will change the culture of the Kings. Like, scouts and people within the organization like that know Davion, have been around Davion, like said, he is on track to probably like give the Kings a culture shift that they honestly desperately need. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything that you said about Davion, I'm having very high hopes with. And, you know, I got to admit, when we drafted him, I was a little shocked. I didn't expect him to stay long, but after doing some research and, you know, listening to uh, what you said and 
articles of what others have said about him, I am pretty glad we drafted this guy. And I'm hoping that uh, culture shift that we have mentioned uh, will change something in the Kings because we are in dire need of a playoff appearance <laughs> in the minimum. Yeah, so, like, you talk about, like, a guy who's a dog. Like, we know that Davion is a dog. But, like, for the longest time, Jason Jones has basically mentioned, yeah, we don't have a dog on the team. But, like, at, you know, at times you had guys like Harry, you had guys like, say, Len. But, like, no shade to these guys. These guys are not, like, the core of the team. They're not, like, the best players on the – they're not, the like, you know, the, the best players on the team. You need the dog to be – one of the best players on the team because that's who everybody follows. And it's good to finally hear. I think that's where the culture shift is because Davion is going to be one of the best players on the team, I think, by the end of the year, if not like at the start of the year even. Mm-hmm. Like, and, he, you know, people will follow his lead. His ener- his defensive energy is infectious. Have you seen the Kings play defense on in Summer League? <laughs> like, it's infectious. Like, you know – he he's a guy that's definitely gonna like walk the walk when he's gonna be talking about like guys needing to play hard, and mm-hmm. yeah, like he's gonna he's going. I think he's going to affect the culture. Now whether that whether that change will lead us to a a playoff change a playoff berth, like I don't know yet. I'm not crazy enough to actually make a prediction just yet, but like I mean that's kind of the blueprint for it. Yeah, well, we're gonna, we're gonna have to hope for next season. Like we've been close many times in previous years, and I have faith that we will make it close to hopefully the seventh eighth seed. Hoping, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll never know because the West is super stacked. Everyone's gonna be healthy, and it's gonna be tough. <laughs> So that's where I'm probably going to disagree with you a little bit. I don't think everyone's going to be healthy, and I don't think it's as stacked as people think it is. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's pretty it's pretty meh in the middle. Uh, I'll say that. But we're, this, is not about, this is not a podcast about the playoffs. We're going to actually keep talking about Davion. And also, yeah, I'm, I was on the same boat with you. I was confused of why they made this pick. And, yeah, we're going to just, you know, unfortunately, that's going to be the backbone of some of the weaknesses <laughs> Uh, of the uh, of Davion, and I'm gonna do it in the voice that will correctly dick. Um, oh fuck, I just lost the word. But like, yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna become pretty clear why we were confused with the pick in the first place. So, do you want to get started with the weaknesses? Yeah, let's get started. Uh, first off, uh, he had a slowly decreasing percentage as a free throw shooter. Uh, even though he only attempted 2.1 attempts in his uh, last year, uh, his free throw percentage is 64.1%. And I if I remember correctly, looking back at his percentages in previous years, it hasn't gone above 70%. It's in the yeah, I wrote it down here. It's mid 60s. I don't write the exact numbers. It's in the mid mid 60s, and it's consistently in the mid mid 60s. And if and you know honestly, it wouldn't. If you told me that he's shooting about 60% from the line in summer league, I would believe you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. It so that that's kind of another kind of weird thing about him. Like so, the first two years he shot 29% from three on very low attempts, of course, but and 32% the next year uh, from three on relatively low on relatively low attempts as well. 
and then all of a sudden, 45% on four, um, what was it, 4.7 attempts. Like, there are a lot of people that are very, uh, very skeptical, to say the least, about this percentage. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm I I feel like he can improve a little, but it's not gonna be drastic, like eighty percent or something within the up, upcoming years. I'm hoping that he could somehow increase it to hopefully mid seventies, uh, going or going the future. But yeah, we'll see. But you know, so far, if he's making those frees at about 45 percent uh i'm fine with it but if it you'll comes be, to... you'll be fine with that 45 percent you'll be fine with that no <laughs> if he's just 37 percent, it'd be fine like yeah. no it's, yeah 45 percent. like again we don't know yet but yeah. like i mean i i think yeah he'll i think he'll shoot around like the mid 30s which will be fine because that's that'll open up the rest of his game mm-hmm. so yeah uh my next note about his con is uh he has he does have slight tunnel vision and can get out of control on drives uh, i mean he has made finishes more difficult than it needed and so far from what i've seen in the summer league um seems fine i think he uh with some talk and uh co- some coaching i think he'll understand when to drive and when not to drive and when to pass and when not to pass. So I feel like this should, uh, this con will uh, eventually get better for the future. Yeah, uh, I mentioned here that he gets a little too cute with his finishes, makes his um, makes his finishing a little harder than they ever should be. A part, uh, it's also kind of linked to some of his free throw attempts because he doesn't really go for contact much from what I've seen at there are there have been actually like it's not a lot but like there have been moments where like he gets pretty he gets you know blocked like pretty easily by like bigger players and yeah he's gonna have to learn how to finish um these kinds of drives but unfortunately that's gonna lead to lead to uh, unfortunately the biggest weakness for him he's only six two <laughs> he's small like he is legitimately like small and he's not a, he's not a crazy like explosive leaper either he's not a guy that can like hang in the air like kind of how isaiah thomas used to be able to do so like what ends up happening is vicini actually even writes this down what ends up happening is that he can't hang in the air long enough to kind of let the help defender essentially kind of start going down and then and then he shoots the layup he's a very kind of ground-based uh finisher who uses like who basically uses quick and tricky finishes to kind of finish like a ball kind of finish like before the uh, help defender can get there um as it stands like the way i can see him improve is that he probably should look for contact a little bit more mm-hmm. well if that's the case i i hope that both him and fox practice their free throw shooting a little bit uh and yeah let's We'll see. I mean, I'm hoping that he, like I said, he increases his free throw percentage because we barely have anyone that can shoot free throws or draw fouls like Fox. We, we don't have guys. We don't have guys that can. 
So it's a bad it's a bad mix of the guys who can hit free throws don't draw free throws and the guys that can't hit free throws can't shoot free throws. Or exactly. no, the guys that draw free throws can't shoot free throws. It's yeah. a bad mix of both, unfortunately. And it looks and right now <laughs> Davion isn't either one, unfortunately. So <laughs> we'll have to see. Um yeah, as it stands right now, he has he, he does get out of control on his drives a lot. Um Vecini just mentions like he just needs to slow down a little bit, and he I, I imagine he'll figure it out. Like you know he's a he has great change of pace, but sometimes just kind of goes a little too fast. He'll figure he'll figure that out I think, and you know sooner or later. Um and yeah, there are times where he can kind of for, force the pass a little bit. Like he again, it's it has it's related to him going a little too fast. Like where he, he I call it over aggression with his passing. And yeah, uh, that's kind of why that Vicini and like and why we mentioned earlier, like he's probably a secondary playmaker right now, because right now he's not good enough in terms of like choosing when to shoot the layup or like when to shoot the shot or pass just yet. But he's good. But as it stands right now, probably a secondary playmaker and secondary ball handler, because he's just he doesn't read the game well enough at a good enough pace just yet. Yes, so we shall see about him. Um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, like it, despite being right-handed, mostly drives to his left, and most of his moves like start with like the lefty, the lefty hesitation, the lefty crossover, the lefty in and out. Uh, the the main worry that um, Vicini pointed out is that what happens like when he when the defender takes his left hand away and forces him the other way or like forces him to basically make another move. That's going to be the next evolution of his game. It's like, is he going to be able to set up counter moves? Because currently he doesn't really set up his defender all that well. He, he, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to get to his spot and probably like, you know, shoot a shot of some sort or make a play. But like, he's going to need to figure out, like he's going to need to, Basically, like, manipulate the defender with his dribble, like, add a few extra moves in there to just kind of, like, mix it up. But as it stands right now, he, like, if you take away, like, his left-handed drive, it can get a little problematic for him. Mm, that's interesting. Huh. Well, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but we'll just have to see. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, like, he is 23, or he is going to be 23 by the time the season starts. And, like, but don't let it fool you into, like, oh, that's where he's going to be capped at from a skills level. Like, Vassini mentions, like, a sentence in there, like, very specifically, even though he is, like, on the older side. His work ethic and just, like, drive and fire for the game, like, he's going to get better. Like, he is Mm -hmm. such a crazy hard worker. He's probably going to buck that trend in terms of, like, being able to improve. And honestly, like, players get into the NBA, they improve. It's a real thing. Like, I remember I remember looking back at some of Russ's games and, like, my God, like, his jump shot was terrible, like, when he came in. And, <sighs> you know, he still makes some of the dumb mistakes he does, but, like, he is a much better player than he was when he came in. And so, you know, Davion is going to – is probably is definitely going to probably buck that trend most likely. And, yeah, I'm, I don't think he's capped out where he's at. I mean, physically, you can kind of make an argument. He is, a, again, a little too small. You know, I, I think I think <laughs> skills wise, he'll he'll definitely improve, and I think he'll be fine. He'll be a really good player going forward. Oh yeah, he he'd definitely be fine. 
Uh, yeah, uh, one last thing. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about him being able to take charges. To home. I'm not sure about that, just because, like, you know, it, college calls a lot more charges than than in the NBA, and which is one of the reasons why it's a very painful game to watch. Like he again, he's an expert flopper, and he probably will get a few charge calls. And but I think a lot of these like flopping things that he's gonna end up doing is just gonna end up being blocks, and probably gonna end up with him being fined. Honestly. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll have to see about those. So far, I don't think he has done it in the summer league. So. Yeah, I really want to see him up against a higher level guard, like not, not like Steph or Dame, but like, you know, like how is he, how is he going to do against like a Zach Levine, for mm. example? Like, is he going to be able to like get up all up all up in his business and he's going to struggle dribbling around him? Like, I, I want to see like how he does against these guys, because honestly, if you can guard like a Zach Levine, you can play that three guard tiny lineup and just, you know, you know, g- give like give Fox to like the second best player or the second best ball handler perimeter player, and then have Tyrese be like your designated help defender. Like, that can be very tricky. And you can have Rashawn and Barnes who are, they're not exactly mismatches. They're not guys you would hunt for on defense. So like that can be a very interesting defense. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like I said, hopefully with this inclusion, we'll see a lot better overall defense, especially as a team. I mean, I know, yeah. I mean, what am I saying? There's. I just, I just think if you can, re- if you replace like no, no shade to him, like Buddy, like if you can just replace Buddy with like like Davion, I think that increases the defense a lot because, like, not to say that Buddy was like terrible in that, like you know that small ball lineup that we ended games with with Rashawn at the center and Barnes at the four, mm-hmm. and Buddy at the three or two, whatever you wanted. To- however you want to uh, say that but like if you can just remove buddy like from that equation and just uh, like put in a competent defender like i think it's fine because honestly in those fourth quarters he didn't really contribute much in the fourth quarter anyways yeah so he was just kind of out there you know mm-hmm. i think i think if you can just like fix that and like you know if if fox or no if davion can take on the best perimeter defender now you put Fox on the second best perimeter player. I think that helps a lot because now he doesn't have to focus on scoring as much. Like he can put a little bit more effort on the uh, defensive end. Like he's going to have a little bit more energy for both offense and defense when, you know, Davion on offense can run your offense a little bit. And, you know, Tyrese can also run your offense a little bit. And then De'Aaron doesn't have to do so much and he can Mm -hmm. focus a little bit more on defense. I think there's going to be a cascading effect on the defensive end once Davion's in the lineup. Yeah, that it'd be interesting what kind of lineups we could create with him. Uh, I'm wondering, hmm, like what kind of switch or like switches will make, not switches, but uh, man, what is the word? Lineup changes. Yeah. Lineup changes because I, I'm pretty sure we're going to go with what a seven man lineup at first. Then we'll, will we commit to uh whole bench change yeah like i mean we have depth like the only place we don't really have depth is wing we only have uh barnes and mo harkless there like i'm hoping we add another wing at some point like probably through a buddy or marvin trade but, like that still mm-hmm. leaves a hole at the four but like honestly you can kind of shift you can kind of shift barnes to the four 
Now, speaking about wings, you think we'll be signing maybe two-way contracts from uh, one of our potential wings in the G League? I mean, we already have, uh, what's his face, Louis King as a two-way. Like, mm-hmm. Although I don't think, he's not really a backup yet, unfortunately. He's not really there yet. Um you know, like maybe, like I'm real. I'm still, I still believe in Justin James. Although, like from what I'm hearing on, what I'm reading on Twitter, chances are no. But like, I, I still believe in Justin James. Mm-hmm. Hold, hold on, okay, just quickly, like, what are your thoughts? What would you think if we signed Josh Hart? Josh Hart, really? Uh, wait, to a X amount of money or give or take, let's just say nine to ten million. Josh Hart. Uh man, that's. I wouldn't mind. I guess he's gonna definitely have to be a backup. If you're wondering, he's six five. It's a. But I he's know. strong. He's strong though. Apparently. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say. I thought he was more of a, a two guard. Or kind of is, guard. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like apparently the story was that David West knew he knew, knew he needed to retire when he couldn't score on Josh Hart. So that's how strong he is, apparently. So <laughs> fun little story. Anyways, back to uh, Davion. Uh, I want to just quickly bring this up. Like there are some people like particularly Kings fans because they're the only ones that really care about this pick. Like, you know, he, Davion was drafted with the ninth pick and people kind of had an issue with that because they thought it was too high for Davion. And if you're going to like if. If you're gonna draft a back, essentially a backup point guard because you have Fox, like that's pretty, that's too high. I will, uh, I will quickly mention Marcus Smart was the sixth pick, and he's basically a backup point guard. <laughs> so, it's it's not too high. And honestly, if he can become as good as Marcus Smart, this is a pretty damn good pick. Mm. Like a you know high level defender with a with you know good offensive capabilities. Although uh, from Celtics fans, from what I've read, like he can. He can kind of destroy your offense a little bit, but you know that that's neither here or there. I don't think Davion's going to destroy your offense. He's not one of those guys that hunts for shots, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. I see. Uh, from also uh, from interviews that I've heard, um, he, apparently, um, Davion I almost said Marcus Smart. Uh, Davion is very mature for his age. He he's not a party guy. And he apparently uh, he has a girlfriend, so apparently he's not a guy that goes around chasing girls, uh, according to his coach. Uh, that is on the Locked On Kings podcast. If you guys are interested in listening, there's some pretty good tidbits in there about, you know, just the kind of worker that Davion is and what kind of gym rat he is. And I'll, I'll quickly just, you know, if for meme for meme purposes and to prove that I am hip with the kids, he is a hooper. He's not just a basketball player. He is definitely a hooper. <laughs> and in that same in that same podcast he's extremely competitive and even when even when his team is up 20 he still wants to be in the game because he wants to beat guys by 40 that's the mentality he has and talk about his mentality he's also got a bit of a mj-esque mentality and i say that in a way that like he's he's pretty rough on teammates sometimes and like there there's a story that uh his coach tells that there was a guy that was basically in the rotation, like towards the end of the season. And he was kind of complaining about his playing time. He was kind of complaining like in practice about like, you know, him not getting calls and basically not playing hard enough. And he went up to his coach and told, and told his coach to bench his ass basically. 
the tournament. So he's definitely a bit ruthless, and he's got the winning mentality. Like he is a, you know, he has a a level of intensity and competitiveness that will be infectious to the team. Uh, well, hopefully that there's no like negativity within our, uh, or he hopefully he doesn't bring uh, like negativity within our locker room but i'm pretty sure we should be fine with him uh being that type of uh, guy because we don't really have that type of guy in our lineup anyway and i feel like a good talking to our players would change our mentality in a in a good way from what i've heard like i from it doesn't he's it doesn't seem like a toxic type of competitiveness intensity intensity mm. and honestly part of me like if he is that guy if he's if it's going to turn to that point i think it's going to be more on the other guy and not on and not on a uh, davion it's going to be about the other guy not wanting to like getting basically getting all up in his feelings when questioned about their work ethic and honestly with how this team has performed in the past few years you need you're going to need a guy to call out call out some bullshit Mm-hmm. And Davion just might be that guy. I, I I don't know how that will work as a rookie, but he's an older rookie, so he might actually have more like cachet in the locker room than a than a normal rookie would. Let's see, is he is he older than Tyrese? He is older than Tyrese. He's actually older than Marvin. Jeez, and he's slightly younger than Fox. Yes. Gee, yeah, that's a that's a, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess the last few notes that I have about Davion before we move on to Kata, um, there like there there are no reports whatsoever. Um, there's just speculation from GMs, but there there was like an article that basically said that some GMs speculate that this might not have been a Monty pick; it might have been a Vivek pick. No way, really. I hope it's not. I mean, like, I, I mean, we've both talked ourselves into liking this pick, and I, I, you know, I'm ta- day by day, I'm liking this pick more and more. But like, if this is like a Vivek like force enforced pick, and like him stepping into the into the spotlight, to, you know, again make this pick, oh man, god damn it, <laughs> basically. Uh... I could imagine myself or imagine in my mind that Vivek thought if he chose this guy, he'd become a Donovan Mitchell somehow. I mean, like, I mean, you know what? From what it looks like, it looks like the right pick. Again, Vivek did want Luca, So I guess at that point he knew. The the, the idea is is that I want Mondi to be able to do his own thing. Like he's definitely a guy that can that you know seems to know what he's doing for the most part from what I've seen. I just don't want Vivek to get involved in like ownership meddling. Like those are the two worst words in the in like the king's vocabulary. Just ownership meddling, getting involved into the business, and just like please, like just let Monty do his thing. <sighs> well. We'll see when I guess more news comes out if it is true or not. But yeah, I mean, let's enjoy our pick for now and uh, worry about ownership later. So, like you know, speaking of the pick at number nine, you had like the option of Moses Moody, Alfred Singu, mm-hmm. James Booknight, um, your boy um, Usman Garuba, and like a bunch of other guys like hell, Zaire Williams and uh, Jalen Johnson. 
Um, like, do you think Davion Mitchell, like at that point, was the best player available? Uh, it's hard to say for me because I, I mean, I I didn't do too much research on Davion at the time, and I really thought the best player for us at the time would have been someone like Moses Moody or Book Knight or et cetera, et cetera. And looking at it now uh, that we've done our research and how much of a change that Davion might bring for us as a, a king uh, for the Kings, I'd say yes, <laughs> it's a good pick or like it's, it's the pick that we should have went for. So, you know, just to, I mean, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to trash King's Twitter. I am going to ca- kind of call him out a little bit. There was a section of King's Twitter that was basically before the draft. They were like, you, you got to draft the best player available. If he's there, you got to draft him. You got to forget about fit. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I uh, well, honestly, I was on the other. I was kind of on the other end because I wanted a wing because Kings need a wing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know. The, the Kings have fucked up for many years by drafting for need outside of fit. And, mm-hmm. like, they passed up on the best player available. You know, the, the most famous example was Luka. And, you know, they passed up on, I think, C, yeah, CJ McCollum for a wing. They tra- they pa- they passed up on Dame because of Thomas Robinson. And there's probably many more examples. Oh, w- w- they, pa- they passed up on Devin Booker for Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, you know, there, you can keep going, you can keep going on and on about this. And, you know, like, of course, he was not on top of my board uh, at the time just because, like, my – I guess I was just blinded by the fact that, again, he's only 6'2". He's small. <laughs> and – but, like, you can very much make a case, like – and he's kind of shown it in summer league. He is a damn good player. He's probably, like, one of the best players out of this class currently because mm-hmm. he, he is older. He's more developed, but in the draft, you draft younger guys because you believe in their projection of becoming even better than, like, you know, a guy that's currently just as good. So, yeah, he wasn't on top of my board, but, like, I can very much see, like, you you look at him, like, winning the championship. You look at his stats. You look at his defensive impact. You can very much make a case that he was the best player available at nine. And, yeah, I think, you know— like there were even some people that said like if he's the best player available at on your big board there's something wrong with your big board i disagree because again as i just mentioned incredible defensive impact very good offensive player incredible shooting leader leadership like that that's a lot of things that points to him being a damn good player and possibly the best player available because guys like booknight and moody they have question marks they were not exactly ready. Like they're not going to be in a rotation ch- right away. There's one reason why the the Warriors really wanted Davion Mitchell, but like you know Kaminga fell to them, so they had to go for him. Like mm-hmm. he was gonna like be able to contribute on day one. Like com- guys like Kaminga, Moody, those guys might not have been like in the rotation like on day one. Moody, you can make a uh, argument. Like if James Booknight was in that was in their rotation. Or was if they drafted James Booknight, he would not have been in the rotation on day one. They might have even sent him to the G League, like honestly, just to kind of like um, improve his ball handling and all that, all that stuff. So I think I think you can very much make an make an argument that uh, Davion was the best player available. And mm-hmm. I think honestly, I think the Kings made the right choice. 
Oh yeah. I have faith. <laughs> and yeah, again, so many years of like Jason Jones mentions it, so many years of fucking up by not taking the best player available and drafting for need. Like, I mean, this is the year. I mean, this is the year they finally bucked the trend. Hopefully, it's the right it's the right year to buck the trend. Mm-hmm. Okay, now finally, um, before actually we get to Cato. Uh, so if you guys notice we sound a little different, it's because we are recording this after we just watched the summer league game between uh, the Grizzlies and the Kings. And the Kings won big time. It was really cool to see. Um, them, we got to see um, Zaire Williams, which was one of my picks, and uh, him going up against Davion. And uh didn't really go well for um, Zaire. Well, do you have any takeaways from the summer league game? Uh, let's just say the refs aren't like NBA refs, and there was a lot of bodies hitting the floor. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's a game that it's I guess great to watch, but man, those there's like a bunch of calls that I felt like there was calls, and uh, just players just being on the floor because of hard fouls. It, it, it it's it's a lot <laughs> to take in, I guess you could say. I will say, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm kind of getting tired of the NBA rules where, like, they favor the offensive player so much. Granted, there was a charge in this game where, like, I don't know how they called it a charge where one of the white guys got under Jemias definitely late. And, you know, you can see, like, Jemias essentially go horizontal, like his body. And those kinds of plays, I think, should just be outlawed. And should be just like it. Honestly, it should be an automatic and one. Because like, it's dangerous to kind of slip under a guy after they've gotten in the air. And I'm just, I'm very, I'm, I'm getting onto the train where just ban the charge. Like, just encourage mm. guys to jump up with them and just try and jump vertically. Because the way that the charge is... It's just dangerous, like, sometimes when, like, you slip under a guy. And honestly, a guy can really get hurt from that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it was a, it was nice to see the Kings play defense. As we just mentioned, Davion kind of, like, gave gave uh, Zaire, like, nightmare terrors, basically, because he just could not dribble anywhere around him. Yeah, if I like the whole team... Uh, played really well defense and by the whole team I mean there was some players that was in our uh, Kings roster for you know bits of minutes and of time and it felt like yeah I wish we saw some of that uh, last season but hopefully I mean we have high hopes for this season and as and as we mentioned, it just feels like Davion's uh, defensive energy is already like infecting the summer league team because we saw Jemias Ramsey play some damn good defense, Louis King play some good defense, and Kada, like I'm, you know, if Kada can get on the floor next year, he's on a two way, so he'll be on the floor for probably 50 games. Like he's gonna be active for about 50 games. Like I kind of like this Davion and uh, Kada kind of connection because. Like, Davion's really good at forcing guys. Like, if they ever do get by him, he's very good at angling them towards the shot blocker. And Kata got quite a few blocks that way this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of Kata, like, you know, let's talk about uh, Namias um, Kata. So he he's uh, standing at seven feet tall with a 7'4 wingspan. And he is the first ever Portugal-born player to be drafted into the NBA. 
Yeah, that's a little surprising fact for me, to be honest. I thought there was others, but, you know, congrats to him, I guess. No pressure on him. He's He is the pride of Portugal and will represent Portugal in the NBA for years to come. So no pressure on him. But he, I mean, he's a good he's a pretty good player so far from what I've seen. Like he's more mobile than I think. He's a very kind of thick boy. Like he has a lot of muscles on him and uh, he has a nine foot four standing reach. Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah, that's scary. And some of his blocks that we saw in today's game, man. They were they're nasty blocks. <laughs> yeah, and like where they're where they basically he basically absorbs guys because he's so big and like he if he just puts his hands up like he has a pretty good sense about that just puts his hands up and just blocks shots like when they're going towards him and yeah I mean and then also he's shown some flashes of like being able to pass as well there I got a lot of things that I'm very encouraged by him hopefully we get to see him you know at least a little bit in the regular season. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't you get it, get us started with what you saw from him? So, yeah, pretty much going off of, you know, his college stats and uh, highlights. Uh, he averaged 3.3 blocks and 1.1 steals. And you have mentioned in a previous pod, I believe that uh, these blocks and steals have a very low um, foul rate, I guess you could say. Oh, I, I didn't bring that up, but yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's very good at staying vertical and using his long-ass reach to just basically swat shots without, like, basically smacking down on the offensive player. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's also high impactfully in, as a rim protector, and he has, like you said in uh, this game, he has very strong mobility. And he has that kind of mobility to, you know, knife into for perimeter steals and uh, create transitions. Um, we have yet to see that in this game. And, um, you know, I'm going to be referencing the summer week game a little bit uh, just because that's why I am, you know, basing my knowledge with him at the moment. Uh, with him so far. So, uh, I mean... So far from what I saw from the summer league, yeah, I feel like he hasn't been uh, protecting the paint as much as I want. I mean, of course, you did also mention that the defenders are not defenders, but the offense is trying to weed him away from the paint. Yeah, so I mean. I, do, I think that's probably what he's going to see a lot in, uh, in the NBA where they're, he, they're just going to pull him away from the basket because he is a good rim protector from what I've seen. Like, again, he's very long and unlike Hassan, mobile. So, like, he, you know, he has very long arms to kind of just swat. Like, if he's anywhere near the rim, like, he can affect shots. Mm-hmm. Now, when I mentioned him about mobility, he does have pretty quick speed only when it comes to um, him being like that bursty uh, guy that goes down in, how do I call it? I guess straight line drives, you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this was one of the kind of, well, we'll get to his weaknesses, but some of the criticisms about him is that if it's a straight line, like if it's a straight line drive, he's very good at preventing it. But as soon as it kind of, as soon as like the guard starts to kind of cross over at certain angles, he's not as good 
kind of like being able to cover it because it, while he is mobile for his size, he is still relatively like slow and kind of can get kind of cr- crossed and like, you know, not great at reading like, and you know, different and more complex angles that the uh, offensive player can create. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also mentioned that he is a pretty well, uh, well, weak sized chop blocker and he does recover well. Um, during today's game, I believe, if I remember correctly, someone from the Kings was guarding Zaire Williams, and uh, Ada uh, came from the weak side and, you know, just bodied <laughs> Zaire. So that's a thumbs up for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had a good game, like, tonight. And, uh, yeah, he's had, like, really good moments in Summer League thus far, but... Um, I want to quickly go back to his college career. Like he led Utah State to a top five defense and a top five rebounding team in his three years there. So like he has the acumen and like the consistency of being that rim protector. Um, John Hollinger even called him probably the best weak side helper, like the weak side shot block, block shot blocker in the class. Jesus can't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like just. He has good instincts and like, you know, and I'm, you know, we went over Kai Jones, like Kai Jones has these amazing highlights when the play is in front of him. But like if but he has no real instinct like to of when to block and when the play isn't in front of him. Kata does have that instinct like he has a like if, if like the weak side defense, the weak side defender like can't guard his man. He's right there to block the ball like again, good instincts and like, yeah, he's a bit older than Kai Jones. So like that kind of makes sense, but like the instinct stuff is really hard to teach and Kata has it. Mm-hmm. So let's move on from his defense to his offense. And, you know, they have mentioned that he has an explosive leap and uh, especially in the dunker spot, which I, I mean, I kind of expect for being seven foot, seven, four wingspan. So eh, that's nice to hear. Uh, he does know when to pump fake and, you know, let, let defenders fly by. And he does have a nice step through to an up and under. Uh, like I said, I have yet to see that yet. So we'll see uh, if it can convert into NBA. And his go-to move mostly is uh, posting up in the left block of the uh, paint. And his go-to move really is a hook shot. So... We'll have to see about that as well. I mean, like his post game isn't anything to marvel at, but he does show good footwork and like good balance for the most part. Although he's going to need a little bit of more strength because some of his leg ang- like so his leg strength kind of scares me. And like his shins are at really weird angles when he runs. It's just, yeah, he's going to need some strength work there, but like he has good, he has good touch and like, I mean, he has a jump shot, but it's not really a weapon. But, like, overall, his post game, like, down low, you know, it is pretty solid. But the main thing I've noticed around Summer League is that he doesn't try to force it for the most part. Like, he, he knows his role, and he knows that, you know, if he if he sets a good screen and rolls hard to the rim, like, one of Davion, um, Jemias, and King, they'll find him. Like, and he seems to know his role, and that's good. He doesn't try to do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Other small fats 
that I have for him before we move on to his weaknesses. Oz, do you have any more to add? That was just okay. I thought you were already talking about his weaknesses. Oh, because um, no, because like you were talking about like how he's not you know very quick and stuff. Anyways, I he, I I found that he was a very good post defender. Not that it matters that much. He's simply big. So. And, but honestly, not not that many people go to the post anymore unless you're Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic. And honestly, you shouldn't be going to the post anyways. Mm-hmm. But the, his main strength, like as like outside of his just kind of well, his biggest weapon uh, on the offensive end in a half court setting is his good post passing. Really good at finding cutters and making the pass like out of a double team. And, you know, he can do with he's pretty good with dribble handoffs as well. And like you know, watching again, we're gonna to refer to Summer League. Like he's all he has the passing instinct as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm pr- quite excited for that because you know, kind of I want to say it reminisce me of Demarcus Cousins because I feel like Demarcus Cousins has done a lot uh, more than uh, you know just pass and being like a I guess point big, but it, in a way, I guess it it's more of a I don't know the word potential. You know? uh, yeah. Like you know, budget budget Demarcus. I mean, Demarcus was a good passer. It's too bad he didn't get like to show it that much in uh, in Sacramento. But like, I mean, he Kata kind of has that feel for it. Like, mm-hmm. And again, he knows his role, so he doesn't like he's his first instinct is to not is not to score. Like he he's gonna scan the area, mm-hmm. and again, like if he feels like he's cut off, like you know, to, today in summer league, he's already like feeling the next pass. Like he doesn't have to like you know hold the ball and look. He just seems to have a feel for like mm-hmm. the pass, and that's really cool to look for, especially like you know, in a second rounder like him, like. You find like a guy that can probably like honestly in certain situations facilitate right away. Like I, I know he's on a two-way, but like I think he could like be in the rotation if he wasn't on one. Oh yeah, I mean there's been some people that say that he could be like a big steal for us as a player, and uh, yeah, we'll see how much he can improve and potentially you know be that maybe six man or maybe a starter in the very near future. I forgot who, which scout said it, but like he was, he was probably not anticipating Rashawn come back, but he was saying that Kata could could probably could possibly be the starter by the end of the year. Mm. I don't think he's that good, especially now that uh, um, Rashad is back. But like, I mean, Hollinger has him ranked 21st on his big board, and that's a big like deal. Like, really? And yeah, he's ranked 21st, and uh, <laughs> so. You know he he's got he's got a lot of potential, um and yeah he's already shown quite a bit that I'm very intrigued by his especially his passing I want to see if that's gonna be something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, since you were so uh, quick to jump to it, let's move to the bad. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I, I was really quick about it, but uh, yeah, his one of his bads is yeah his jump shot's not pretty. Let's just get that out of the way. It. To me, it looks. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought it was fine. I've read your note too. Go, go ahead and say it. I don't know. To me, it looks not so great. In my opinion, uh, this is from Hitch College Highlights. Uh, it looks like my old 
kind of cannonball shot. <laughs> and that wasn't uh, too, uh, like, too long ago either. <laughs> I haven't played with you for a while, so I, don't, I can't comment on whether it looks like your shot or not. I will say, you used to say that Omri Caspi's shot looked like yours, and I would disagree with that, to uh, say the least. Yeah, I now disagree, and, too. <laughs> and I honestly don't think his jump shots... I mean, I only saw one clip of it. It looked fine to me. Um, I, I mean, it's not... I don't... It's, I haven't seen it in Summer League, so honestly, I don't think it's a thing. Because, like, it was... I imagine it's one of those things in college where, like, oh, he's got... He feels that he's got to get better, and he needs to add this like as to his game like it's because he's like one of the he's one of the more prominent players in their offense and he's going to need to add that to, to his game it, if he's going to like play on the kings chances are we're not going to need him to really like be mm-hmm. add a jump shot it'd be nice for him to add a jump shot but it's not something that will be a go-to for him but mm-hmm. my point is i don't think it's like the ugliest thing in the world it looks all right for the most part oh yeah it should be. It shouldn't be a problem. It's just one of the cons I've read about him. Uh, I still. I'll, I'll be honest. I still can't. I still can't really believe you compared him to your shot. <laughs> I am sorry. It's just. You no. Know, <laughs> no. My shot's terrible. <laughs> I would not be in the NBA if my if they saw my shot. I mean, if you're seven feet, you might. I mean, you might be able to get in, but. You know. Oh yeah. Sadly, I'm not. I'm like two feet off. Uh, yeah, uh, going off of the jump shot, uh, he does make poor um, two-point range, uh, poor choice in two-point range uh, spots. Um, and like you said, doesn't really matter for him since he's probably not going to be uh, shooting the ball much. Uh, my next con is he's not really the greatest closeout guy, which I doubt he will be since we have Rashawn uh now back in our starting lineup and uh of course i mean he's not really good at guarding smalls out of the paint when uh they're eh, when they're on the drive so it could be a small problem if there's a pick and roll involved i don't know if that's the case that'll be the case i i mean better offenses will hunt him like if if we were in a playoff series with the lakers and he was on the floor lebron Mm. is calling him over every time (laughs) because he is he he, his lateral quickness isn't great like he is going to get hunted by perimeter players and plus they don't want like if you're a good team you don't want him anywhere near the paint like he he is long he is strong and he has good help instincts like down low so Mm -hmm. like the one of the one of the priorities that they should have like a good offensive team would have is to pull him away from the paint and get him on a small because his lateral quickness isn't great his change of direction isn't like isn't great either, and then like his hips just don't flip well enough to be able to cover like those you know those shifty guards, and it's gonna be a problem going forward. We'll have to see if he can improve it with a little bit of like strength and training program, and you know just like practice. Like that's probably gonna be the big swing for him. Will he be able to stay on the floor? Because mm-hmm. right now with like his high stance and just like overall lack of like uh, agility. Um, in terms of like flipping hips and all that, like he's just he's he's not balanced and he just doesn't change directions well enough to really be able to be a starter, really, because he's going to get hunted, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, sadly, that's the case. 
And uh, I guess we'll move on to my last con of him. Uh, it's his ball security. especially. It's not really too great, especially when he's dribbling on the post. I mean, pretty much his ball security in general is not really too great. Uh, and he does struggle under pressure. And there was a point uh, during the summer week that I noticed that. And that was when uh, he was trying to do a, a post in his, you know, like I said, his favorite spot, which is the left block. He dribbles once, gathers the ball, tries to uh, go right for his, uh, you know, go-to move, which is the hook shot, and he just stops <laughs> and decides to just bail out of the move and pass it out. So I'm hoping we'll see better ball security from him, but I doubt it's going to be something that can be taught easily, especially for a guy his size. Well, the main issue with him is like his his post passing is not the issue, actually. No, it's more yeah. when he puts the ball on the floor is the problem. Because mm-hmm. like as soon as he starts like you know dribbling the ball, his handle gets really loose. He he ended up with a one to one of about a one to one assist ratio, and that is that is like in spite of him being a very good post passer. It's just that anytime he put the ball on the floor, it was an adventure, and he would just get like ripped and get the ball poked away. So I don't know if he, I don't know if it's something he needs to work on as much. It's just don't dribble the ball as much because like, you know, again, his, his overall vision and like um, post passing is really good. It's just, I guess he, yeah, I guess he would need to work on his ball handling a little bit, but it's not as bad as it sounds. You just don't want him dribbling the ball anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Well, other than that, do you have any more cons about Kata? Um, Cons? No, that that's about it. I just want to go over, Quickly, a one or two miscellaneous stuff. Uh, he was the Mountain West Freshman of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year in his first season. Like that's how good he is on defense. Mm. Uh, and was a finalist actually for the National Defensive Player of the Year. It didn't say Naismith Defensive Player of the Year, so oh. again, too many goddamn awards as it is. <laughs> I just can't keep yeah. track. An interesting tidbit: he actually declared for the 2019 draft, but he struggled at the combine, so he decided to go back to Utah. Hmm. I wonder how highly rated he was back in 2019. Whether if it's you know maybe first round or maybe a late second round. I highly doubt first rounder because he's not a first rounder this year either. (laughs) So, and here's the thing about going back to school: chances are your stock doesn't go go much higher than it normally should have because like you're kind of pegged into kind of the air for better for worse, kind of pegged into wherever you're gonna be no matter what. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? You think he would have made the top 60? Last year? Probably not. Or was maybe. No. He might have been in the 50s. Let's see. This is 2019. Well, it's same, kind of the same thing. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think it really mattered. But, you know, it, I mean, good for him. He found his niche. And, you know, he gets drafted number 39th. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, you got anything else for Kata? Not really. I felt like there could have been more, but, you know, we'll have to see, I guess, when he does play on the NBA 4. 
Yeah, I mean, overall, I really like him, especially from what I saw. He seemed, he, and you know, uh, you know, we did kind of crap on his lateral quickness and all that stuff. He's a he can move, like he's very mobile for someone his size, and honestly, someone that thick too. Like, you know, he's very very muscular guy, and definitely like, you know, got a lot of muscle. You can't go through him. Like, he's got a lot, and it seems like he's able to move very well too. Like, despite all that, and yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by him. Like, oh, yeah. again, the, the big issue is like, you know, because he's a seven footer and because like overall he's not he's not that quick and will have trouble like guarding the perimeter. Like that's going to be kind of the, you know, the key skill for him to work on somehow. And I don't know how he's going to do it. But mm-hmm. if he can like guard the perimeter, like at least a little bit, like he's I mean, he's a definitely a, could be a starter at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, as of right now, from what I've seen from his clips and uh, Summer League, I mean, he's he's just a better white side. <laughs> and, I mean, we've dealt with white side for a whole season last season. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that he gets some play time uh, sooner or later. Uh, for now, I'm going to assume he might be third option behind Len, sadly. Uh, I, I would like for him to be... The second option being, you know, the sixth man for Sean. So, yeah, we'll have to see, I guess. Yeah, um, we'll see how that center rotation like pans out, especially if we're gonna keep Tristan Thompson. Like, that's oh. he's that's what four centers like right there. Yeah, I totally but, forgot about him. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that one shakes out. It's a very confusing. It's a better it's a better r- roster than last year to start anyway, but it's still very confusing. Yeah, I'm still wondering if there's gonna be trades coming up for us uh, between now and uh, the start of the season. I just imagine so because like if Buddy's gonna somehow stay here, that's a that's a logjam of a backcourt. Like you got five guards, all probably all who deserve to play. And they're gonna have to jostle for minutes. Like you, you might as well get get rid of at least one of them. We got rid of Delon already for Tristan, which was confusing to say the least. Like I don't, I'm not sure. I think I think there's gonna be something incoming. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's Ben Simmons or I don't even know who else now. I mean, Siakam's the other one, but yeah. like again, with both of them, like Simmons, I can see us not having to include Fox or Halliburton. Siakam, I think it has to include one of them. Yeah, let's just hang that conversation up then. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll probably do a deep dip, deeper dive later on if like if we ever. I mean, like I mean, the, the topic's been talked to death. Like, I would love to get these guys, but I would prefer not to include Fox or Halliburton if it's oh, if no. at all possible. But because like right now, it in some if. If the reports are to believe, it could happen for for Ben Simmons. Pascal Siakam, mm. I don't think it's going to happen just because they have absolutely no reason to really trade him. Ben Simmons, they need to trade him. Yeah. But we'll be doing a deeper dive into that a little bit later. Uh, you know, uh, as for now, this is our draft episode. Sorry we couldn't get more on Kata. There just isn't as much, like, detailed information. I went through Sam Vecini's, like, draft analysis of him. And, yeah, that, that was, like, again, the summary of him is just that he's a very good rim protector with questionable um, perimeter defense. 
And, you know, he has good passing, but not no real outside jump shot and a good inside presence. Like, that's about it. Like, that basically summarizes his entire game. And, you know, at number 39, as a second-round pick, there isn't as much risk as there is with Davion. And honestly, not as much... uh not as much fanfare either, even though, like, I imagine the fans will like him. So, yeah, I mean, as it stands, what we'll to see how he plays, like, against the pros. Oh, and yeah. how he's going to play in the G League. Mm-hmm. That way, we're going to watch the G League, to be honest. Yeah, I don't even watch the G League. I highly doubt you would ever watch it, let's be honest. <laughs> now I ain't nowhere to watch it. That's the problem. Yeah, that too. And, you know, like, you still, you still will never watch wrestling, so... I don't know why you would ever watch uh, the Stockton Kings. But, yeah. Um, okay. Well, before we actually head out, I just want to quickly mention two quick things. Uh, so apparently this was before the draft. So this was a while ago, but we haven't had a chance to really talk about it. There was talk about a Memphis, a deal with Memphis where we would have gotten Jonas Valanciunas, which would have been awkward if um, Mets, who's going to stay on the roster. Basically, we were going to get Jonas Valanciunas and we would trade the, Memphis the ninth pick and Bagley. Overall, what would you what would you think? What what would be your reaction if we made that deal? Ninth pick and Bagley for Jonas Valanciunas. Man, uh, I'd say no deal. <laughs> to be no honest, deal really? Yeah. I mean, this is after this is you know after us drafting too. So I think my opinion would be slightly different. I'm not sure, but I I feel like drafting uh, uh, Davion with the knife was a good blessing for us. I gotta say. I will say if we that th- well that's the tricky part because what he ended up getting traded for was the the tenth pick from Pelicans. And mm. for Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, which that is you know, true. And but the thing is, from what I read, they did not include the, the Memphis's pick. Memphis didn't include their pick in that in that trade for to oh. us. So like we would have ended up with no draft pick, which that I would not have liked. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas is a good player. But, yeah. You know, it's it, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't have traded a ninth pick for him and Bagley. No. Sadly, no, but, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, go on. Yep. Great analysis there. Yeah. <laughs> Love the detail there, and that's why I pay I you was, the big bucks. Yeah, I was going to mention, like, a, a freaking ring fight between Jonas and Matthew. He, Jonas did come to Sacramento, but, uh, yeah, we're not going to get that anytime soon. I imagine they could, like, you know, they can patch it up. If anything, like Jonas, just give just give Matt to a few million dollars. Like you know, you have a big contract, you can afford it. Oh yeah. I, I don't. He did. I mean, that was like a very big. That would be a very big sticking point because he, like, there was really real talk about like Matt to possibly like his career being over because, like, at that point he wasn't playing that much, but he was like just working. He was just kind of finding his way. And, like, he was just kind of getting into uh, Luke's rotation. And then all of a sudden, he suffers a four- to six-week injury. And in a compressed season, like, he very much could have just lost his opportunity there. Like, Luke might might have, like, had we traded him for another power forward, like, that's probably all of Metsu's minutes right there. Now, for better or for worse, we ended up not trading for one. And, 
or if you comp- depending on what you think of Mo Harkless, but like, luckily there were still there was still a role for Metsu to be filled, like by or a role to be filled by Metsu when he came back. So now he has an NBA contract, and you know, good for him. But like that, legitimately could have been the last time he played on an NBA team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> So, yeah, that would have been a complicated thing. Like, honestly, if I was Monty McNair, I would have traded Metu because, like, you know, in that case, like, I don't see how they would get along. That That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Metu's still on the team. He played okay, but, like, you know, there's still much to be desired from Metu. But overall, I think he's – I think I wouldn't – I don't mind that we didn't make this pick because we did end up getting Davion, and Davion has shown a lot in Summer League so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, last thing we're going to quickly go over. Uh, Kyle Guy is uh, on the Warriors Summer League team. He is n- no longer a part of the Kings. And uh, he did a interview with Sean Cunningham, I think, I believe at halftime at one of those one of, it, one of those games. And uh, he basically just said, you know, no, no one from the Kings organization called him to kind of like say goodbye to him. They just kind of left him out in the dust in a way. And he just says it's all part of business, and, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of sad to hear about that. Now, I I remember seeing this article uh, somewhere, I forget where, but is is by organization also mean the players, or...? So there was no clarification there. I assume, like, they did... I assume the players have talked to him. I think it's more of, like, the staff and, like, mm-hmm. you know, the front office and stuff like that. Yeah, but either way, I mean, that's just not so great. I mean, I don't think there was even a tweet about it. <laughs> Besides, we, you know... We probably... gave Hassan Whiteside a goodbye poster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like we gave DeLon Wright one, which makes sense. I mean, we gave Hassan Whiteside one. Like, what are we doing? It, I mean, it was kind of weird. He kind of just left quietly. Like, Kyle? Like, Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I didn't even know he left in the first place until I saw him in the Warriors uh, lineup during the California uh, Classic. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit... Like it is, it is really sad, but you know, unfortunately, it is just part of business. And you know, Monty, like that, you know, Monty's from Houston, and I saw someone say this on uh on King's Twitter. I think it was Jill Adge, and she basically said like Monty's, like he's had these weird, um, because he's from Houston, like they have like these issues with you know communication with the players and kind of treating them like assets as opposed to people. And this has kind of happened twice with the Kings already, where like Bogey felt didn't feel like he got he got a, a farewell from the Kings, and um, who else? Like Ken, like Baysmore, although he was here for a little, uh, you know, shorter than that. Like it just feels a little bit. It just feels like there's a bit of a miscommunication between like front office and player. If that is the case, if like if it's only the front office that didn't contact him, but like the players did, but they, he didn't specify. But it seems to be kind of a thing, the Kings mm. organization. <sighs> well, I guess I don't know what to say about that. To be honest, I I, I thought you were just gonna say what. Well, we'll just have to see. But I'm like, <laughs> what, are gonna, what are we gonna see? But I know. What I'm okay. But again, it's a bit. It, again, it's a bit disheartening. And hopefully, Kyle Guy can find a role somewhere. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, I hate to say, like, Indiana probably could use him because he's white. <laughs> I don't know. Uh... Like, I'm pretty sure, like, some team, like, the Warriors, like, you know, I guess you can have him on there. Like, if you guys have another roster spot. But, yeah, I just hope he lands on his feet. And, you know, he, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good basketball player. and He was showing some stuff, like, again, on a good team. Like maybe he can carve out a t- a tiny bit of a role there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could be like uh, a slightly better Yogi Ferrell, get spot minutes and you know score maybe five points and uh, to give your main guys rest and come back out. I guess. I don't even think he's as good as Yogi, but like you mm. know, you can probably find something. Um, yeah, even I mean, even Yogi's like struggling to find a role, but like he, I mean, he keeps finding like his way onto roster spots. Like, you know, I mean, like worst case scenario, you can go overseas. I'm pretty sure like you he'll be able to find something. He's a, he's mm-hmm. a talented player. Oh yeah. Okay, well that's it for our draft episode, and uh, yeah, that's uh, our kind of analysis of Kada and Davion. Like, I mean, I'm very excited to see what they're able to do in the regular season so far in um, Summer League. They've looked really good. And I, I can't wait till we, again, get to the regular season and, like, they can play against, I hate to say, no, no disrespect to the Summer League players, real competition. <laughs> and actual NBA refs. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll catch you guys on the next one. And uh, I have not decided on what I'll do, what we'll do it. Uh, well, what topic we'll do so stay tuned and find out i guess uh by the way i've started to put um our email in the description if you do want to actually email us but just can't figure out what the email is uh i did i am going to put in the description so if you guys want to contact us want to email us questions uh we you know uh, feel free to email us your thoughts and if you do have any you know your questions oh yeah please do And I guess we'll see you guys in the next one.